And amen. I'm glad I'm in the house of God, aren't you? Uh, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in the country. There's no doubt about that. Or nursing home, amen? They don't make a jail cell quite as good as this one, so we're glad to be here. So thank the Lord for His goodness. Are you glad you saved, church? Amen. amen. We'll not talk about last night. We'll go ahead and get into the service. Some of y'all are dragging a little bit this morning, but that's okay. Amen. I, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for grace, aren't you? <laughs> so we're glad, 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 glad to be here. I told somebody a little earlier, I said, I got to be careful. I'm behind enemy lines. There's a lot of Georgia fans this morning. So we are, we are glad, though. We're looking forward to service, looking forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do. Have you come expecting something from the Lord? Amen. Do you need something this morning? Yes. I'm grateful we can find it at the foot of the cross. And by His grace, be very prayerful. There's so many in need this morning, so many health issues. And uh, we've had some losses in the church. And again, I would ask the church all to pray for the Meeks family as they, Brother Tommy lost his mother this week. But grateful to the Lord, she found her healing. And uh, I, I'll put it like this. The old preacher, he had cancer. Matter of fact, had brain cancer upon occasion. And somebody came up to him and said, uh, said, Preacher, I'm so sorry about what you're going through. And he said these words. He said, healing is inevitable. Healing is inevitable. So I'm grateful uh, this morning, that no matter what we face with our bodies, no matter what we face with our situations, that healing is inevitable. It's not going to be long, church, and all of us are going to see him. Uh, the Lord will see him face to face and as he is in heaven. Aren't you grateful for that? Thank the Lord for that. The Lord is good. We want to praise him this morning. Remember a few, I ask you real quick, I didn't mention this earlier in the prayer, but pray for my little girl this morning. I just checked in with Charlie. She has a high temperature, so we've opted to keep her at home. I feel great. Charlie feels great. Came on very suddenly uh, here uh, yesterday, so I ask God to, uh, would ask you to pray for her, and then uh, that's just uh, to let you know where she's at this morning. Pray for Charlie and little Charlotte, and uh, again, we're so grateful to be in church. And uh, we ask, I want to say this this morning, I, I, I want you to know, if you don't know the Lord, I want to tell you before you leave this service that you can. And I pray that you would give him a look, consider him this morning. And for those of you that came this morning discouraged and uh, downcast and in need of something from the Lord, we ask God that he would help you before you leave. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help and aid in this service. Our Father, we're grateful. Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, we're aware and conscious, Lord, that we cannot make it without you. God in heaven, we ask that by your grace for just a few moments, that it would please you to stop by our way. Father, we thank you for the church. We thank you for the body. We thank you for your people that have gathered, Lord, here this morning. I pray that we would come to worship you and serve you, our precious Savior. Thank you, Father, most of all for the precious gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the everlasting message of grace. I thank you, Lord, Father, Lord, for sending your son to die. Thank you for the precious blood of Christ. Thank you that he did not stay dead, that he arose again. And Father, we thank you that he will not stay gone, that he's coming again. We ask you, Father, this morning that we would take our eyes off things that surround us this morning. That we would take our eyes off issues of life. That we would fix our eyes solely on Christ. I ask, Father, that you would be pleased to glorify your Son in this service this morning. That by the power of the Spirit of God, that you would reach into the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. 
have your will and have your way. Uh, Father, I ask this morning that we would take our eyes, Lord, off what we think we need and get our eyes on what you know that we need. Father, I pray this morning, meet and move amongst your people, Lord, that everyone that's here and that's gathered may know that Christ ever liveth to make intercession for us. I pray, O oh God in heaven, Father, that you would help your men, that you would help your women, or that you would help the girls and boys. If there be one here that doesn't know you, I pray that you would draw them with cords of love to yourself. Father, I pray that they would see you. Father, and before they leave this building, before they leave this place, before they leave the congregation of the righteous, that you would save old sinners. Father, I'm grateful this morning that you still save old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed how you set them free. Father, I pray that you would be with the choir, be with the congregational singing, be with every testimony that's given. And if it be your will, Father, that you, as we open the book this morning, that you would give power and grace. Oh God, thank you for a word of prayer. Father, thank you that we can bow and pray in your presence. And as we exit the throne room this morning, I pray that by the grace of God, you would be real to us. Lord, Father, that you would show yourself to us in your word, by your spirit, and help us to look to your precious son, that we would see you high and lifted up. And these things we pray, these things we ask, these things we humbly entreat thee for before the throne of God. We ask them, Father, in the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. We ask these things in the name you said to pray in, that precious name, no other name like the name of Jesus, our dear Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in that name I heard the gospel one day. Thank you that in that name you came by my way at that little church house. Thank you that in that name I heard a hope and a solace in Christ that could not be found anywhere on this earth. Thank you, Father, in that name that you saved me. In that name that you started my journey in. That name we pray in tonight and we'll, this morning. We'll be sure to give you praise and honor and glory for whatsoever you do. For it's in the name of Jesus we do humbly pray. And the church said, Amen. Brother Josh, come on and lead us in song. What number, Brother Josh? I'll be at page 408, I believe what it is. Today's the first, first uh, Sunday in December. We're going to start out with a Christmas song, Joy to the World. Yeah, everyone, please stand and help me sing this.
please stand and we're going to sing one more. We're going to sing Jesus Loves Me. We're going to sing uh, first and second verse and the choir is going to sing for us. Verse number
I was feeling And the emptiness I tried so hard to hide Though I laughed and said my life was fine without you Well I was covering up the secret tears I cried But then one day someone told me of your mercy And the love you showed on a hill called Calvary There you died and purchased my redemption And then you broke sin's power and set my spirit free
I tell you, I, if football's all you've got a hope in this morning, you're on the losing side. There'll be a day. Hey, a lot of Georgia fans are feeling down today because they feel like they're on the losing side. But oh, this morning, there'll be a day when the last football game is played. There'll be a day when the last doctor's visit is had. There'll be a day when the last funeral home plans are made, Brother Meeks. But I want to thank God this morning that I know Him. And because I know Him this wonderful morning, I'm on the winning side. Amen. Now, if we really knew how good that was, we'd be standing on top of the church, screaming it out. I'm on the winning side. Listen, it's not politics I need to have a, have a side that I've chosen for. I've got a lot to say on that measure outside the pulpit. But it's not the Democrats that's on the winning side. It's not the Republicans that's on the winning side. It's not even the people in the middle that's on the winning side. But brother, I'm glad one day he led me to the front row of Ruby Cross. And ever since that day, I've been on the winning side. I'm glad there was a day, bless the Lord, that he came to me. Before that day, I was on the losing side. I had no hope and no grace, no God. But that night, as a little 10-year-old boy, Brother Leo, I found my way to an old rugged cross. And that night, he put me in his family. Thank God and placed Jesus Christ. I'm about to preach this morning. Go ahead, brother. I'm about to preach. I'm talking about being on the winning side. Amen. Bless the name of God this morning. I'm going to let that choir sing that last verse. All right, we got another one. How many we got? We got three. Thank God. I'm on the winning side. If you're glad you're on the winning side, just go ahead and worship a little bit this morning. It'll be all right. Just go ahead and praise God a little bit this morning. Just go ahead and shout in your soul a little bit this morning. If you want to cry a little bit, that's good. If you want to shout a little bit, that's good. As long as you do it in English, we ain't going to bother you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All things are out of Hey, praise is coming. And God inhabits the praises of his people. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I'm glad he came to me. Rest lifted me up out of the horrible pain. Establish my goals. Set my feet on the solid rock. You're about to see a Baptist preacher have an absolute fit this morning. I'm glad I'm saying, sing on, Brother Ron. Thank God. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
I had this next song pick out. Why don't we just go ahead and sing the last verse and chorus of this song that the choir was singing? Looking out, it doesn't look like some of y'all believe that we're actually on the winning side by the faces that are out there. The uh, let's sing. Or everybody stand and help the choir as we sing. We'll sing the last verse and uh, last verse and chorus.
We want to at this time go ahead and worship the Lord through giving and through offering. Again, I'm glad to be saved. Amen. Thank the Lord for His grace. And remember so many of those that are here this morning. There's so many issues. Remember them going forward. We're excited about what the Lord's doing. Appreciate the good time, the good report from the Happy Pilgrims yesterday evening. And then the young folks as well. And they tried to get me conned into coming over there and watching a Georgia ball game. And I knew Alabama was going to lose, so we, we uh, stayed at home. Now, we had to get our library moved down. Thank the Lord. Uh, finally got some books in there uh, last uh, this morning. Appreciate you, Brother Dinsmore, and the help on that, and Kane as well. Thank the Lord for that. I'm glad I'm in the house of God this morning. So we're going to look and see what the Lord will do. Y'all pray. We're going to take up the offering you give as the Lord directs. And uh, Brother Vickers, if you would, stand and pray for us, please, brother. Yes, sir. Lord, we just come before you this morning, Lord. We just thank you for this sweet spirit we've already felt here this morning. Yes, Father, we just thank you for a privilege of coming out to your house and worshiping today. And Father, we just thank you for the songs that we've sang in Zion this morning. Now, Father, as uh, the rest of the service, we sure are need people. We need yes. you here this morning. Father, we pray that you'd show up. And, uh, Lord, like you've known, never shown up before. Father, we yes. pray you'd be with the man that stands here this morning, Brother Jay. Lord, you anoint him afresh. Lord, you hide him behind the cross and give him the words that we need to hear this morning. And Father, we pray, Lord, that we can just put this world inside for just a few moments. Yes. We'll focus on you. Father, we pray for this offering. Lord, that you bless it. Forgive us what we tell you. We yes. love you in Christ's name. Amen.
singing this morning. Thank the Lord so much for that. Thank you, sisters. Appreciate his 
grace and His goodness. And uh, I, if, I, if I had to have planned it, I couldn't have planned it any better for the theme of what they sang this morning. Generally around this time, we start taking our thoughts and eyes towards the Christmas story. But this morning, the Lord has, uh, has me in the book of Jeremiah. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 18. Jeremiah, chapter number 18. We're going to be reading the first four verses and looking to the Lord in this text. Jeremiah, chapter number 18. Jeremiah 18. In verses 1 through 4. Take your Bible this morning and raise it up right there so I can see it, please. That's wonderful. Leave it up for just a second. Isn't that beautiful? I thank God for the Word of God, don't you? Jeremiah chapter number 18, verse number 1. If you found it, say amen. amen. If you ha haven't, I hope you said amen anyway. <laughs> Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 4. The Word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred, in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Another vessel. As seemed good. To the potter. To make it. Can you say amen to the reading. Of God's holy word. <clears throat> Jeremiah 18. Verses 1 through 4. With the Lord's help. I just want to. Think on this text for a little while. On go down. To the potter's house. Go down to the potter's house. And if, if you've read your Bible long or been saved long, you probably know this text. <clears throat> it's a special text sandwiched right here in the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> of course, I feel like I need to verify a few things about the book of Jeremiah, about the author and about the setting where this text is given. Firstly, I want to mention the, the man himself, Jeremiah, <clears throat> the book itself rather. It's, it's in no chronological order. So in reading this book, the book of Jeremiah, we must exercise caution and rightly divide the time frames. It contains the nature of 42 years of Judaic Judah history <clears throat> and covers the reigns of several kings, Josiah, Jehoaz, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. Secondly, the author himself, which was Jeremiah, obviously under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, <clears throat> he was a broken prophet who had a broken heart dealing with a broken people. Of course, you and I know him by Bible commentary as the weeping prophet. He wept much. Uh, in Jeremiah, more than any other prophet, I would say this, that God, uh, through the inspiration of the Spirit, reveals the heart of the prophet in this book of Jeremiah. More than any prophet, 
in the major or minor prophets that God gave us. He was a weeping prophet and he was a reluctant product. Jeremiah thought that he was too young to serve God and by way of that said and told God in Jeremiah 1 and 6, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. I want to say this to our young people this morning. You are not too young for God to use. Uh, you're not too young for God to take and for God to mold. And if you're under the sound of my voice and can understand what I'm saying this morning, uh, young person, if you're here lost, you're not too young for God to save. If you can consciously hear what I'm saying. I want to thank God if you'll kneel at the feet of Jesus... He'll save your soul. May I say this this morning as well. If you're here and you've said, no, I'm too young for God to use. I'm too young to be used by God. May I say you're exactly who God is looking for. I would, uh, I would uh, implore you to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get some help from the church this morning? God will not use a prideful heart. Uh, God will use a heart uh, that is uh, that is uh, most definitely most definitely uh, though by viewed by those of the world too young or too silly to be used. May I remind you that God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Let me tell you this morning, God doesn't use the clean and pretty things and the mighty and great and the big and the strong things to do His work or to get His job done. I'm grateful this morning that if you'll come to Him, He'll use you in whatever shape you're in and put you back together. Can I get a witness? Thank God this morning. We've looked at the book. We've looked at the author. Now notice the setting. When we meet Jeremiah... It was in a time, a good time, when a God-fearing king was in leadership, Josiah. However, after the death of Josiah, the nation fell. Fell into disobedience and sin. And by the end of Jeremiah's ministry, Judah was carried away into Babylonian captivity. Into Babylonian captivity. Now, I'd like to make a few observations this morning. And I'll let you go to the house. Firstly... I would like to encourage the hearers this morning in being quick and being brief that God has a plan for your life. In Jeremiah chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 5, Before I formed thee in, thy, in, in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God had a plan for Jeremiah's life. And can I say this this morning, if God had a plan for Jeremiah's life, that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. We see that in Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 11 and 12, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first, first trusted in Christ. Child of God, I don't know if you came here doubting 
that God has a plan for you. But I believe that the word of God states very clearly in our presence this morning that God has a plan for you. And if you've ever wondered if God has a plan for you, may I say that the overarching theme that God has had you to hear this morning is that yes, He has a plan for you. May I say secondly this morning, and, and this should be obvious from the text, is that sin has consequences. Firstly, this morning, I'd like to say that sin has consequences nationally. Look at Judah. Look at the children of Israel. Look at these people who God blessed. They honored the commands of God. They honored the word of God and God blessed them on a national level. And may I say to you this morning, let's take a look at our dear precious country that the United States a sin has consequences on the national level. The Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people. You may ask the question this morning, preacher, when will God judge the United States? Friends, He's doing it right now as we speak. Sin is a reproach to any people. There will come a day when His mercy will be gone. There will come a day when His grace will be done, when He comes again. But may I say right now, we are seeing the effects of sin on our nation as we speak. Can I get some help? This morning, politicians have turned their back on God. The, 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 uh, the, the uh, government agencies have said, we'll not have this man to rule over us. And of course, the school systems have also taken God out of the schools, removed prayer from the schools. And listen, as soon as you start taking Christ out of the centrifuge, out of the fixation that uh, He's rightly deserving, things are going to go down. I need some help. I'm preaching this morning that sin has consequences. Sin has consequences nationally. Uh, the children of Israel found that out through the book of Jeremiah. Sin has consequences personally. Please, I beg you, hear me this morning. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Sin has consequences on you personally. Young people, hear my, uh, hear my call to you this morning. The devil's desired to have your life. He's desired to have your testimony. He's desired to have your body. He's desired to have those things that God has set aside. But I tell you this morning, uh, please don't give Satan another one in the wind column. Yield your life to God and give it to God because sin has consequences. It impacts and it changes your life just by its very nature. Oh, there's those of us in here this morning that can say amen to what I'm saying. As you make choices in life, and as you make a, a sin choices in life, they have consequences on your future. Isn't that right? That's just the nature of sin. That's just the principle of sin. Yes, sin has consequences. But this morning... I want to draw you thirdly with just a few subpoints, and I'm done on the fact that there is restoration for you. There is restoration 
for you. And I'd like to make application out of our text for just a little while and we'll go home. In chapter number 18 in verse number 1, I love this. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, there is a word for you in this church this morning. Aren't you glad that in your worst case, at your lowest point, in your darkest hour, that the Lord has sent a word to you. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. It was a word specifically for Jeremiah. I just believe this morning in the plan of God and in the working of God that there's a word from God specifically to you this morning. I want to tell you that the Lord has a specific word for you and that encourage you and say that He has not given up. Some of you this morning have came into this church and you've said and thinking that God has given up on your situation and that you'll never hear from Him again. But may I say, He has something to say to you. Bless the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me in verse number one. Secondly, there is a direction for you. In verse number two, the Lord said, Arise and go down to the potter's house. I'm grateful that not only is there a word from God and restoration through that word, but there is a direction for you. Some of you feel lost this Sunday morning service. And some of you are lost this Sunday morning service. But may I tell you, I beg you, hear my words. Arise and go down to the potter's house. There is a direction that God has for you. If you feel like your life is on the rocks, if you feel like your life is given, if you feel like you're at the end of your way, thank God and don't know which direction to turn. I'm glad that God has a direction for you. And may you hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah was down. Jeremiah was discouraged. Jeremiah was in gloom. Jeremiah had a bad spiritual outlook on the spiritual condition of his people. But thank God the Lord spoke to him and said, Get up, Jeremiah. Go down to the potter's house. Some of you may feel down this morning. As some of you may feel discouraged. As some of you may feel downcast. But get up and go down to the potter's house. And take a look. Hallelujah. You don't have to stay in the spiritual condition you're in. Low down and trodden. Fatigued. Give out. In sin. Broken. Busted. May I point you down to the potter's house. And may I point you to the potter. That's what he said. He said, get down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. There's a word for you. There's direction for you. And down at the potter's house, God is working. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. I want to remind you this morning that he is working. And aren't you glad that He is? 
Aren't you glad that He is not inactive in your life? You may doubt and you may wonder, is God working? Is God through with me? No, arise, go down to the potter's house and see what He's doing. That's why it's good to come to church. It's why it's good to get down to the potter's house. It's why it's good to get down to the house of God. So that you can see that God is not through with you. Hallelujah. You may doubt and you may wonder, is God working? No, He's not done working. He is working and He's inactive. It was a wonderful quote one day when a preacher came to me and I said, I don't know that God's doing anything in my life. That man of God looked at me and said, God's doing 10,000 different things in your life and you may not be aware of any of them. God is working in your life. God is working. So what is He doing? Verse number four. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. What's he doing? He's working with the clay. I said that he's working with the clay. What is the potter doing? He's working with you. Let me verify that. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 64, and verse number 8. But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay. Thou art our potter. And we all are the work. The work of Thy hands. He is the Father. We are the clay. And he is the potter. I love that verse. He is the potter and we're the clay. And what kind of potter is he? And what kind of temperament is he working with you and I? He's working with us like he's our father. He handled us, handled, handles us with care. Aren't you grateful for that? What kind of potter is he? He's one that handles us with tender, fatherly, loving Care. Now, the Bible says in verse number 4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. What does that mean? It means that the clay was injured. And isn't that much like some of our lives this morning? Some of you have came into this church to hear the words of the singing. And some of you have came near the testimonies and the prayers and God bless your heart. Some of you have even come to hear a poor old stumbling weak preacher. And you're injured this morning. And you're marred. And you're hurt. And you're downcast. And you're falling apart like you're just about to crumble. But you want to know something that's positive about this text? That's exactly the kind of clay that the potter is working with, praise God. 
It's not those big, beautiful vessels that God is working with. It's that marred and troubled and hurt and injured clay that He's working on this morning. It seems like we fall apart and like we just crumble. But who the potter's working with is the marred clay. Oh, that's the work he's doing. I would ask you to submit yourself to the potter's clay. Now we've covered this morning that there's a word for you. There's a direction for you. That God is working and we've noticed what he's doing. Let's notice the potter's mending. The Bible said in verse number 4. So he made it again. He made the vessel again. Do you understand? You're on God's will. And he is making you. And he is forming you. And occasionally you will be broken. And I don't know what it is that will break your heart. I don't know what it is that will cause you to be marred. And oh, at any minute, he could throw the clay away. But he doesn't. Hallelujah. But praise God, he just picks up the pieces and does not throw the clay away. How many times in your life have you been broken? Have you been heart wrecked? Have you been done? But he just picks up the broken pieces of your life and sits you back on his wheel and spins it again and said, I'll make another vessel. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. He, does, he just picks up the pieces. He doesn't throw the clay away over and over. He molds me and makes me into His likeness. He fashions the clay. So many times He could have just thrown me away, Brother Terry. So many times He could have just cast me to the side. A marred vessel. I've messed up again, Brother Jack. I've uh, slipped up again. I've made a mess out of the situation. But oh no, he keeps fashioning the clay and keeps working with my life. To the saint, I say this. To those of you that are here and are saved, I say this. Trust your potter. Trust the potter that you're on his will and that he is working in your life. And let him do the work that he said that he would do. To the sinner, I would like to say this. You have been marred by sin. And Satan has all but destroyed your life. Let the potter make you 
a new vessel. You say, Brother Jay, I'm, I'm lost, I'm directionless, I don't have a word from God. You do this morning. Let Him take the mess of your life and make something of it. Submit to the potter's hand. Let God take your broken life and work on you. Now there was a time, church, and I, I didn't preach it this morning. I just wanted to give what the Lord had given me through study of this text. There was a time in my life that I was very interested in this activity of the potter and his wheel. I've spent some time in potter's houses, in the places of business. Of course, they were very much needed in the economy in which Jeremiah wrote. But now they're more or less just a... A novelty item or something that folks do for a hobbies. But I've been into a professional, private, non-corporate owned potter's house. Where the pottery was made like they were in this time in Bibles, in Bible times. And I spent time in that potter's house talking with the potter. Talking with the maker. The man who forms and creates the pottery. And I asked him a lot of questions. But one thing stuck out to me and I felt the Lord pressing on me to show, share this with you. As I walked through that man's showcase hall, that potter's showcase hall, I noticed many things. One of the things that caught my eye, however, is as I passed by one of the main showcase areas, I noticed a vessel, Brother Marty, that was sitting there and it was so ugly I mean just gangly I mean it looked like honestly it was a wreck and I sat here and thought who in the world would want to buy that thing and why have you got it sitting here for sale so I asked the potter I said hey what's this ugly Vessel, misshaped vessel doing in this showcase hall. He said, I guess out of every single vessel in this room that I've enjoyed making that one as much as any of them. And maybe you've stumbled in this door and said, I'm ugly. I'm marred. Nothing's pretty about me. There's nothing that any potter would desire about me. Nobody will purchase me. But oh, this morning, the potter, he loves you. He's invested time in you. He's brought you this way to the house of God to show you what work he'll do in your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, I'm at my wit's end. Let the potter work on you. You say, Brother Jay, I've, you're here saved. And you say, I'm absolutely give out. I'm absolute. It's all just falling apart. Listen, in pottery making, in pottery making, that potter applies pressure. I found this out. He applies pressure to the outside of the vessel. And to the inside of the vessel. And some of you. 
Your life on the outside just feels like it's a falling apart. But while God's working on the outside, He's forming on the something on the inside of you. Hallelujah. I've learned something too. Making pottery is a messy business. You ever seen potter? I mean, it's just a bunch of mud. It's just a bunch of ingredients. It's splashed all over the walls. It's splashed. Hallelujah. But the potter does not mind getting dirty, thank God. Matter of fact, 2,000 years ago, he took all your dirt on himself and placed all your sin and all your mess inside of his person. He didn't mind getting dirty. Oh, and he'll take your mess today. You say, it's all a mess. Yeah, me too. But he's making me. He's working that piece of clay, Brother Vickers, it's just a big old lump of nothing. That's what you are. And that's what I am. A big old lump of nothing. But when he's done with me, Brother John, hallelujah, when he's done with me, and when he's done with you, you'll be a vessel that he can pour into. Thank God. Hallelujah. Oh, but there'll be times in that process as he's making you. As he's working on the inside of the vessel and the outside of the vessel. Building you when you'll fall apart. You'll be marred. And it seems like life is nothing but full of sorrow. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Now I'm done this morning. Here's what I want to finish with. There's some in here that have told the potter what kind of life you want. Have you ever seen a lump of clay start hollering up at the potter and say, Now here's what I want you to do. Y'all listening? And sometimes we may not understand the vessel that the Lord is making us. But He has a plan. And He has a vision for your life and for my life. Won't you just trust Him? You ain't the first vessel He's made. No, He's got a showcase of vessels that He's worked as seemed good to the potter. Amen. I don't know what the Lord's plan is for my life. I don't know what I'm going to have to go through, Brother Terry. Brother Meeks, I'm confident there's some marring that's going to have to be done and heartbreaking in times when he'll start over. But I'm glad that I can trust 
the potter with his plan, thank God. And he's working it. And he's doing it. What Brother Jay just needs to do is submit to the working of the potter. Can I get a hearty witness in the house of God this morning? Now, Sister Megan's coming. Some of you have came broken. You say, I, listen, I, I've never preached on the potter or the clay in December. But I know that this is where the Lord wanted us to look this morning. And I didn't know who was going to be here or who wasn't going to be here. I tried to pray for every single one in this building that I knew might be here. But I don't know the situations. And I don't know the pain. And I don't know the heartache. But I know the potter. <laughs> Who? I know the potter. I know that he's working. And I know that I can trust him. And I know that you can trust him. So won't you do it this morning? Won't you just break with your plan for your life? Won't you just break with how you had it all planned out and you had it all envisioned and now it's fell apart. Won't you yield your life to Him? Oh sinner, you're marred and you're messed up. It seems almost beyond all repair. Let me give this to you now. Y'all with me? This is good stuff right here. You got to get this. <clears throat> Ask that potter that day. Now listen, I'm recalling information from 15 years ago. And this just came to me. Study I'd done. I asked that potter. I said, hey, tell me about... How these fellows used to make potter, pottery years ago. He said, well, now we just order our clay online, you know. He said, but back in these days, in the Bible times you're talking about, sir. He said, Phew. he said that the potter would go way out there. To find clay. Would leave his house. Would leave his comforts. Way out there in the swamps. Where that clay was moist. That clay was dirty. And the clay... That was furthest away that nobody, no other potter was willing to walk to. 
That sounds a lot like me. I'm glad there was a day, Brother Leo, when I was just a long way out there. But the potter left his house. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. It's Christmas, ain't it? I'm glad Jesus left his house. Brother Clay, I'm glad he stepped out and, and, and he played hopscotch on the stars to get where you and I were. And what'd he do? That old potter told me, he said, the potter, if he went out and searched for his own clay, he'd get real dirty. I mean, he'd get down there. And he'd dig. (laughs) And he'd mine out. And then he'd take that clay. And he'd go back to his house. And he had set it on his wheel. And he had started turning that stone. I'm glad he's put me on the solid rock. And that clay would spin. And that potter would go to work on that clay. I want to tell you something. Since he saved me and since he found me out yonder, He's just been working on me. One of my favorite songs in the world, Brother Vickers, is that song, He's Still Working On Me. The children sing it, but we ought to shout it every day. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You see, it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun, And the earth and Jupiter and Mars. And oh, how how gracious he must be. For he is still working on me. The Lord's still working on me. Aren't you grateful? Brother Jack, he ain't done with us, buddy. He's just got started. Brother Leo, we're just old vessels that he's working in one day. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. One of these days, he'll present us as a finished vessel. You may be lumpy. I'm a little lumpy this morning. But he's proud of me. I wonder. I'd hate to leave this place if God spoke to me this morning not doing business with God. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Now I want to be brief. Brother Ron, come and get a song for us, please, if you would.
I wonder would you submit to the working of the potter I said when I started here and started giving invitations that I had never done this often but I'm concerned for you this morning and so I want to ask you if you say brother Jay <clears throat> I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved would you raise your hand this morning Say, Brother Jay, there's no doubt in my heart. I know I'm born again. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. You say, Brother Jay, I hear what you're preaching about, but I've, I've never been saved. And I'm marred. And I'm messed up. And I'm broken. Say, but Jay, I've never been saved. Listen, I'm not going to come to you. I want you to hear me real well this morning. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. But I want to go to my house and I want to pray for you this week. I'm not going to point you out. And every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. But I am going to pray for you. And I am going to talk to God about you. You say, Brother Jay, I'm not saved. Would you raise your hand? Please. I'd like to pray for you. Raise your hand. You can raise it. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. You say, Brother Jay, pray for me. I've never been saved, and I'd like the Lord to save me. I'd like you to pray for me, Brother Jay. Raise your hand. I see that hand. You can trust the potter. You can trust the Lord. You can trust Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to come back to you. I'm just going to pray for you. But I wonder right here, Brother Ron's about to sing. If you would make a break for the altar. You say, Brother Jay, I'm saved. But I feel marred in the potter's hands. I need the Lord to put me back together piece by piece. Would you come this morning to an altar and speak to him about that? We'll pray for you this morning. Brother Ron sing. As he sings, you come. Empty and broken, I came back to Him. A vessel unworthy, scarred with sin. But He did not despair, He started over again. I bless the day he didn't throw the clay away over and over molds me and makes 
makes me into his likeness he fashions the clay a vessel of honor I am today all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. He is the potter. I am the clay molded in his image. He wants me to stay. But when I stumble and my vessel breaks. Hope picks up the pieces he didn't throw my clay away. Over and over he molds me and makes me into his likeness he fashions the clay a vessel of honor i am today all because jesus did not throw the clay away